Welcome back to our Confident in Christ podcast. This month we're examining the Christian worldview and some of the implications of that. And this week and next week, we're having a two-part conversation about how a Christian worldview differs, for instance, from an atheistic or naturalistic worldview. You know, the idea of the Confident in Christ podcast stems from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, which says to the Christian, Always be ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. In other words, be ready to talk about the hope of the Christian. What's different about you? What is it that you believe that is different? And I think part of this giving an answer or an apologetic is to understand how a Christian worldview differs from other ideas about who humans are, about our origins, where we came from, what is our purpose of life. And so, again, this week and next, we'll try to understand what are the differences between the Christian worldview and the materialistic or naturalistic atheistic worldview. And, of course, we realize that millions of people hold these views and there are a lot of nuances and a lot of variation and differences between different people's views about certain things. But in this discussion, we're putting forth what the Christian believes, what we have as our starting points of belief, and then also how we understand that in general most naturalistic worldview holders would believe. So follow along with us as we discuss these topics. All right, so uh, continuing our discussion about our story and his story, maybe going to delve into some other worldviews besides the Christian worldview and, and put them up alongside one another. I had read a Christian, a Christian missionary, great thinker, Leslie Newbegin. He said that an authentic missionary encounter between a Christian and non-Christian requires that we, as Christians, try to understand their beliefs and where they're coming from. And uh, so that's some of what we want to talk about today is what do maybe atheists or people who don't believe God or believe the Bible, what do they think? And then how do we interact and intersect in a graceful way, but a serious way with some of, of those thoughts. So I wanted to, uh, to start with presuppositions. That is, where, where are we starting the discussion from? And specifically as Christians, what are some things that we just assume to be true, do you think, as Christians? What are our starting points, our, our presuppositions? Yeah, I, I think one of the base presuppositions is that the Bible is the Word of God. And that's a presupposition for us. We, we have faith that the Bible is, is that. And, you know, so where do we get that confidence that the Bible could be considered authentic? I've heard this definition, and I think it reflects that. First-hand writing by eyewitness accounts of over 40 authors happened across uh, over 1,500 years that captures the stories of the beginning of man through the end of time and covers all of humankind in the middle. It's a unique book, no other book, and history covers that. The other religions don't have books that try to capture uh, how things got started or don't capture the end. Uh, many of them are 
are written around a, a never-ending universe. Um, we can talk more about that. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's our presupposition. It basically is that uh, the, the Bible uh, is a pretty accurate uh, representation. It's his revelation uh, to us as, as people and that we can take confidence in what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. So some people push back on, on that and say, well, it's a book. And one of my questions back to other folks is, well, how else would you like for God to communicate across time? Seriously, if God wants to be known, we believe he does, can, can anybody here think of a better way that God might have uh, communicated across cultures, all sorts of barriers throughout time, other than a book? I, to me, you know, he... Someone said, well, you should have made a video. Well, they didn't have DVD players <laughs> back in, in those days, but they did have books. The written word. So, so I really don't see how there could be a better thing. It could be passed along, copied by humans. We're still using, some of us anyway, still using books today. <laughs> but, the, but the written word. So to me, if God wants to be known, I would think, man, that's a great way, is, is to give written language and, and tools and let it be passed be copied and copied and the Bible is the best-selling book of all time or people have read it continue to find archaeological through digs and fragments and pieces things that it's just amazing it's the, it's the most historically accurate book it's verified there's no uh, the, the occurrences the physical occurrences line up with other historical records uh, across the board and so there's not another book and, and it's amazing to me to think the, the amount of time that spans from the first books that were written by Moses to uh, the last books of the New Testament. Uh, there's 1,500, years in there with a common theme. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would take us back to the end of the Roman Empire, starting a book, and it's finishing right now with a common theme yeah. through all the Dark Ages, through all the, you know, in that book, you know, accounts the Jews' travails and Babylonians in slave for 600 years and the Egyptians and crazy and the flood and just all the different timelines that uh, that the Bible accounts for. Generally, things have lined up. You know, what we know of historically lined up with what the Bible has, has uh, said of, of events and cities, peoples, people groups have all proven historically accurate. So, so we start with the Bible, and really, you have to start there, don't you? That's where we know about Jesus, we understand about God, we understand about ourselves. So we start with the Bible. Are there any other things that you think are just things we naturally assume as Christians that maybe, if we're engaging with people who are not, they may not also assume? Well, uh, Christ, you know, that he was a good man, but, you know, the divinity of Christ is a huge thing. And, Christianity is unusual too, and that Christianity depends on miracles, miraculous things. Christianity is the only religion that depends on those miracles. Paul said, "You know, if if Christ is not resurrected, you know, our we're just wasting our time. What a terrible life we've chosen to live if uh, if Christ was not resurrected. Our whole faith depends on miracles. Well, none of the other religions in the world depend on miraculous activity." So built into the story is this idea that, yes, there are natural laws. There are things that 
we can pretty much depend on. I can get up in the morning. I'm not going to float to work. I'm going to be grounded on the ground. There are certain things at work, and yet consistently God is outside and above. He's not outside of the things. He's above them. He created those laws, right? But he can transgress them and, and do things beyond them. So that's important. And that's, and that's what the Bible teaches. You know, God interacts. He steps in and interacts in our in our universe. He, he does and wants that personal relationship and interaction in our universe. I think the Bible teaches that over and over. That that's what he's looking for. So so we have this idea of God are rooted in the Bible. We believe God is not bound by natural laws, though he tends to work through them normally. So those are some starting points for us. What about for an atheist? What are, the pre, what are their presuppositions about life, do you think? So I'm, I'm approximating. I'm uh, not being an atheist. Well, today, based on what you've read. Is that generally, uh, atheists uh, feel like everything should be measured. It should be, uh, you know, if you can't measure it, it's not real. That science ultimately is providing a insight into the beginning of the world, and, and ultimately science can reveal everything about our universe, that everything can be discovered through science. Uh, you know, one of the funny things about science is they don't really want to go back and look at where science came from. You know, in all the world, science came out of Christendom. It came out of Christianity for a reason. About 1200, the real science, the real education started centers. Uh, uh, and, and scientists, the early scientists, all the way through Newton and a lot of the uh, Copernicus, and a lot of those scientists were all Christian people, monks in a lot of monasteries. Atheists want to sell that there's this antagonism between science and faith. I think the more that you study can be fair in looking at both. I think you realize that I don't believe that antagonism is real. That God's creation and God's word are really at odds. I think that God's creation and God's word will line up as we learn more through science and as we understand more about God's revelation that those two things will line up and we'll find them line up. But you have to be open to that if you're close to that. What we see in atheism today is a an almost faith-like based atheism that doesn't apply the scientific principles that they seem to underscore when they want to look at the Bible, but they don't apply it to their own conversation very well. They have looked really hard for alternatives to the Big Bang because the Big Bang would indicate a beginning. And they really don't want a beginning because then you have to talk about what was before the beginning or how did the beginning start and they've got no answers for, for how did, that's one of their presuppositions. They, they've looked for the perpetual universe and multiple universes and ongoing, all of these things with no evidence, but, but they're struggling to create a plausible alternative to the Big Bang, because the Big Bang forces a question that they have no answer for. Yeah, there are those that believe that they have taken the tact that matter is eternal. It just was. And that's one of the things I think if we're thinking about Christian presuppositions and ideas, what we go back to is we say, well, where did, where did I come from? Where did that come from? Where did that come from? 
And at some point, you're probably going to stop. For the Christian, we say, God was the thing, the being, that always was. Before the material universe came into being, there was God. Whereas in an atheistic viewpoint, you either get back to, well, there was a, a speck, or a, an atom, or a thing. I don't know where that came from, but it was there. <laughs> or you say everything was eternal. I think the view that everything came from a personal, wise, all-powerful being makes much more sense of everything that we see. Don't you, do you all think that's fair? Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, we talk about the science with atheists and Big Bang, evolution, those are theories. They're not laws. Uh, it's not gravity. So, big thing with science is testing, retesting to get some results. You can't retest the Big Bang. You can't retest evolution. You know, we don't, we can't constantly do it to get the same results that we have now. Yeah. So, there's a reason there's theories and not laws because they don't know where we can lean on the Bible and say, we know God spoke this into existence. Yeah, there's a lot of conjecture in science. I, we're, I don't think any of y'all are against science. I'm not. I, my, my, at least my undergrad degree is in science. And I, I mean, I think there's a lot of good things there. For me, I'll let y'all speak to this. I think the difference is a Christian would say there, there's other things outside of science give us answers, whereas it seems like the materialist, and, and we've been saying atheist, I mean, there, there's a, we're painting, painting with a broad brush, because there's a whole scope of beliefs within that, and then there are agnostics who say, I don't know, and all that, but, but as, a, as a Christian, we would say there are supernatural things, there are things beyond the material universe, correct? And science, by its very definition, by drawing a boundary and saying, this is what is it's within science. There's no place for the supernatural. And so as a Christian, we say there are things beyond science that can give us answers. But for the person who's sheerly a materialist or says science is really the only way we can know anything, haven't they excluded a whole body of knowledge outside of the material universe or what's replicable in experiments and all of that? that that's, that's part of those those are presuppositions they talk about evolution but they've got no no answer for how life started you know the best they can come up with was a random series of uh, of atoms coalesced uh, in a in an amazing one in a trillion moment and life well thanks for joining us this week if you are listening with family or friends or have someone to discuss this podcast with a great question for discussion would be, what are some of the things that science can tell us and what are the things that science cannot tell us? In other words, as we discuss some of the boundaries of scientific knowledge, what are some things or ways we might know outside of scientific inquiry? Thanks for joining us this week. I hope you'll tune in next week as we finish up this two-part conversation comparing the Christian worldview with the naturalistic worldview. This has been the Confident in Christ podcast, a ministry of the First Baptist Church of Valley Springs, Arkansas.